for your healing. Yeah, I'd love to hear. You know, I think that's so important and especially important too. And I'm curious if you think this, it's like almost like you had to hit the rock bottom to start to heal. And that was Mm -hmm. the divorce. That is moving home. That is, you know, going through this really hard time. So I'd love to talk through that rock bottom and then what steps you took to heal. Well, what I found was the most fascinating about rock bottom was it was actually the happiest I'd ever been. So now strip me away from all of these things. I felt so free. I felt suddenly like I'd removed the chains of what society had placed on me. I didn't care that I was living with my parents. I was actually really happy there. I felt so supported for the first time in a long time. My kids were actually adjusting really well. I loved my job. I actually got a second job within a couple of weeks at like this dream place. And I felt beyond like the body stuff, which I knew I was still kind of working through, I felt really good having nothing. I felt really good kind of breaking free from these things that I think actually caged me instead of what being what I thought was like the things I needed to be validated for a successful life. And so that was a really interesting time. But it also, you're right, like at rock bottom, it's just an opportunity to build a new foundation and to go up from there. And I I love analogies, but when I think about it and I think about my life before, I almost think as if I built it on foundations that were not stable, they weren't structured well. And I kept building upon that, like, and it's always going to crumble. It never really, it's never really going to stand firm and tall and well. And what happens when you do a rebuild and why I think people need to be not so afraid about a rebuild is that you never build the same way again. You would never put down the same foundations. You wouldn't use the same materials, the same walls. There might be aspects and memories and parts that you're like, yes, I like this. Yes, I pull from this. But overall, that's not that's not what I did. It was it was a complete revamp. It was actually looking and saying, what do I want? And who do I want to be? What does that look like? And and I hadn't asked myself that ever because getting married at 19, I went from my parents' house into being married. So I kind of answered to parents to answering to a husband. I never really like took time to ask myself like, who are you? What are your opinions? And and I remember when I went to therapy in my 20s, gosh, therapy is like the best thing ever. And I always thought I didn't need it. Same. But, right? Like, yes. I even went like this I was past so year resistant. and I was like, I'm like, I'm not actually coming because I need anything. I just like thought I'd check in and I got there and I'm just like, like, when you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about today. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> stuff comes up. You're like, what? I know. Where is that come from? <laughs> Where was that? I think it's because it's like the, how are you? Isn't something that you just have to like, I don't know, yes. pacify somebody with an answer. You're like, how really am I? Like, mm-hmm. this is how I really am. But when I went to therapy, it, it was such a fascinating experience. So I'd never done it before. And I thought I went because I needed to like repair my marriage and do all these things. And what ended up happening was really finding out who I was and figuring that out. But the one thing she said to me is, you know, Sarah, you don't have an opinion. And I was like, well, I I have opinions. And she's like, well, they're usually everybody else's. (laughs) You are so good at sponging. She's like, you're a sponge. You're sponging everybody's opinions for you. You're doing what you think everybody else wants. And you're having a really hard time expressing what you want. And I remember she challenged me to do one thing on my own. And I took a trip to Chicago by myself. And I remember it was like the first time I'd like left a house by myself without kids, took a train and did all of these things. And it was so terrifying. I was so full. I I couldn't even drive on a highway or drive a car very far at all. I was anxious about everything. So the fact I even was able to fly for one and get on trains and walk around a city I didn't know by myself was absolutely huge. 
And at the end of it, I felt like a full human being. And I thought, this is what I've been doing wrong is I've literally been trying to fill everybody's cups constantly, just watering everybody else's gardens and wondering why I've got so many weeds in mind. Why am I suffering? Why am I thirsty? Why am I this? Why am I that? And just falling on the sword for all of these other people while sponging all their opinions and taking that on myself and you know, which is kind of such a flip now being in uh, internet like culture because <laughs> it's kind of doing the same thing and and having to navigate that for yourself. But after that, my my therapist actually broke up with me. She dumped me because I knew that I was being such a sponge, but I wasn't activating anything. I wasn't actually changing anything. Mm. I, I just had this new awareness and this new knowledge, but I wasn't doing anything different. I was still allowing other people's opinions to rule my life and to do all these things. So when she actually broke up with me, that's when I knew I had to make those changes. And and the day I actually left my marriage was not because I realized it's not, there wasn't actually one big explosive thing. It wasn't anything like that at all. And I and it was actually so peaceful because I woke up one day and I remember opening my eyes and immediately shutting them and just feeling like tears stinging my face and just feeling like that was the last thing I wanted to do was wake up. And that's the problem is that when you're falling on the sword for everybody else, you forget how many swords end up in you. And here I was just trying to hold everything together, hold everybody together. And I was waking up not wanting to be alive. I didn't feel suicidal, but I just didn't want to exist. And I didn't know what to do with that. But I did know that very day that if I didn't do something immediately, the people that I was falling on the sword for weren't going to have me anymore. So I was trying to hold all these things together. And one way or another, I was fading away very, very quickly. And so it was a, it was a very calm Wednesday in November. And I called my mom and she came and got me and we picked up the kids. And she gave me... Story always makes me cry, but we sat down and she said to the kids, I was kind of crying and they were crying. We were just having this moment. It was actually quite beautiful. It wasn't traumatic the way that I remember it. It was it was a very sweet moment for us as a family. But she sat there and she looked at them and she said, you know, when you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask drops down and they always say, mom has to put it on herself first before she can help anybody else. And she goes, that's what mom needs to do right now. For the first time, she needs to put the oxygen on herself. Because if mom doesn't put it on herself, She's never going to make it out with you anyways. So we all got it. Nobody makes it, right? And I, I think that's what we forget. It feels so selfish when you're on an airplane and they explain that. And you're like, you have to put it on yourself first. And I'm always like, that's so... I would never be able to do that. Never could do that. I always have to put it on my kid. You forget, well, who's carrying out the kid? And if you don't make it, who carries them out? Who helps them out? You have to put it on yourself first. You absolutely have to. It's not a question. It's a matter of survival. And so when she said that, it just woke me up to literally everything. It was like, this isn't me being selfish. This isn't me ruining anybody's lives. This is me building a new foundation. This is me breathing. This is me watering that garden and doing it in a way that everybody benefits. Everybody makes it out. Nobody falls on a sword. We all we all get it through this so much better. So I don't even know why I got to that trail or where I ended up from that or what question we even asked, but... No, the healing. Yeah, you, yeah thank oh. you for sharing that. Oh, the healing. Yeah, what a was, mom. That was the, yeah, she's a, she's a, she's like mother. It's like Martha Stewart and Mother Goose merged into one human being. Oh and God. that was like my mother. I was raised on like weekly themes. Like we had Butterfly Week. No way. Like Teddy Bear Picnic oh. Week. Oh, she's incredible. A teacher? 
she was an ECE. So she ran a home daycare for 25 years, but ran it like a school program. So I grew up just like everything was, I just had, we had like pioneer week when we learned how to like churn butter and stuff. Oh, it was the best. I had just a magical, magical childhood. So, and I'm nothing like her in that regard. Like she comes over to my house and I'm just always like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the mess, but I'm like, this is actually how we live. <laughs> Honestly. It's so crazy. She's oh, like, I'm I come sorry. over here all the time. <laughs> she legitimately came over yesterday to pick up my girls and take them out for a little while when I was working. And when she, I, I hear her in the house and I was like, don't clean anything. And she's like, I'm not. And Gemma's like, my daughter Gemma, she's like, she's doing the dishes. <laughs> and you're like, she's don't really do great. It. Oh, yeah. I, I like, just think I it's, love it. I think it's so special for your children to see you heal and to mm-hmm. really take ownership of that that process. I think, yeah, that's just that is so profound for children to feel because then it gives them permission at any time in their life yes. where they feel like, wow. I really have to work on this. Give them permission to take time to do that and to be quote unquote selfish. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.